It's Monday, April 26th, and this is Sea Talk. I'm your host, Nick Zaccardi, and this is your weekly news roundup for UNCW and the Wilmington area from our reporters at the Seahawk. The UNC system recently announced that they will not require students, faculty, or staff to receive the COVID-19 virus vaccine or provide any proof of vaccination prior to their return in the fall. Several major universities, including Duke University, have announced that they will require students to receive the coronavirus vaccine prior to their return. A UNCW system spokesperson told WRAL, the University of North Carolina systems remains committed to following guidance from public health officials and state law regarding vaccinations. A system official reiterated that no federal or state public health official has directed that COVID-19 vaccinations be mandated for students at high institutions. In a statement sent to the Seahawk, Danya Roseboro, the interim chief diversity officer, elaborated on the beginning steps and timeline for the finding and hiring process for the permanent chief diversity officer at UNCW. According to the statement, the UNCW Human Resources Office has coordinated efforts with Academic Search, a search firm that focuses on partnering with universities to help find a permanent chief diversity officer. The firm will work alongside a search committee to review and interview candidates. Additionally, Academic Search will meet with groups of students, faculty, and staff to garner information and curate a position description. Roseboro and Stort hope to have a new Chief Diversity Officer by early July. For the second year in a row, UNCW's Hawk Harvest is partnering with Seeds of Healing and I Support the Girls to collect and donate menstrual hygiene products for local women in the Cape Fear area. This year's Periods Don't Stop for Pandemics campaign is looking to raise awareness related to period poverty, collect new unopened boxes of menstrual hygiene products, and advocate for a repeal of the tampon tax in North Carolina, where there is a bill looking to do just that. In North Carolina, 20% of women and girls aged 12 to 44 and 25% of trans and non-binary people live below the federal poverty line, reducing access to menstrual hygiene products. Last year, the campaign was able to collect and donate over 30,000 menstrual hygiene products to those in need throughout the Wilmington community. Between Monday, April 22nd and Sunday, May 2nd, people can drop off new unopened boxes of menstrual hygiene products at various locations. Designated drop-off locations at UNCW's pods include Seahawk Landing, Trihouse Area, University Suites, Schwartz, Graham Hewlett, Sandpiper, and Pelican Halls, in addition to several other off-campus donation locations. UNCW's Center for Healthy Communities recently received a $330,000 grant to help vulnerable communities affected by the COVID-19 pandemic. The grant, funded by the Kate B. Reynolds Charitable Trust, will help local health departments in vulnerable areas like Robeson, Bladen, and Columbus counties to curb the spread of the COVID-19 virus. The money will be used over the next year to increase COVID-19 virus testing, vaccinations, supplies, and community outreach. As part of this project, a social media and marketing campaign will be started to help further educate these communities about the COVID-19 virus and improve perceptions, barriers, and preventative measures. The Kate B. Reynolds Charitable Trust was started in 1947 and has become one of the largest private trusts in the state, while UNCW's Center for Healthy Communities has been around since 2013. This collaboration will help address the needs of those financially disadvantaged in the Cape Fear region. A Wilmington-based clinical research management company has developed and is on the trial stages of a COVID-19 vaccine. Trial Management Associates is currently seeking participants for COVID-19 plant-based virus vaccines. 
plant-based technology has been previously used for viral vaccines such as the paravirus found on dogs and the rotavirus found on humans, as well as vaccinations against bacterial infections such as cholera, tetanus, and anthrax. The vaccine is set to undergo trials from Trial Management Associates in conjunction with doctors Bart Williams and Will Jones of Wrightsville Family Practice, utilizing particles from plants that have a similar structure to that of the coronavirus. Immune system exposure to these particles creates a response that the body will then remember. The hopes behind this vaccine are that if the immune system remembers how to fight these plant particles, the body will have an easier time fending off the similarly structured coronavirus particles. This is a biological process that is similar to the existing mRNA vaccines such as Pfizer and Moderna, which use what is essentially a decoy made to look at the coronavirus spike protein, which the body remembers in the event there is a contact with the actual coronavirus. This will be the second coronavirus-related trial that TMA will oversee, having also played a role in the trial phase of Moderna's mRNA vaccine, which proved to be 95% effective. Those seeking to participate in the trials must be of 18 years of age or older. Participants will be compensated for expenses related to the trial, including their time and transportation for the five required office visits. TMA is currently offering registration via their website. And finally, the Wilmington City Council unanimously passed a resolution at their April 20th meeting that sets targets for a transition away from fossil fuel usage in favor of clean energy in municipal slash city operations for the years 2035 and 2050. The city's officially adopted energy targets are as follows. By 2035, transition from fossil fuel powered municipal operations to 50% clean energy and electrify 50% of the city's vehicle fleet. By 2050, transition from fossil fuel powered municipal operations to 100% clean energy and electrify 100% of the city's vehicle fleet and collaborate with other governments, the private sector, and residents in achieving aligned clean energy and equity goals, as well as advocating for programs and policies at the state, regional, and or federal level that aid in achieving the transition to clean energy. These goals arose from the recommendations made by the previously established Clean Energy Task Force, which was brought together last year to explore options that the city can take in furthering clean energy policy in the future. Also included in the resolution is the establishment of a permanent clean energy advisory committee. This latest policy move by the City of Wilmington was foreshadowed by several other resolutions passed by the council in previous meetings, with the installation of electric vehicle charging stations and a downtown parking deck, and the purchase of an electrically powered trash vehicle both being approved earlier this week. That's going to do it for this week. As always, all these stories and more can be found on theseahawk.org. The podcast was hosted by Nick Zicardi and edited by Paul Sean Condon. These week's stories were brought to you by our Seahawks staff members of Veronica Wernicke, Andrew Lemon, and Amanda Leahy. Interested in contributing? The Seahawks is open to any UNCW student. You don't need any experience to write for the Seahawk. We are always looking for writers, photographers, artists, marketers, and more to contribute in as big or little capacity as you like. This is a great opportunity to get real published journalism experience while growing as a writer. And of course, make sure to follow us on our social media for the latest news updates and highlights at The Seahawk News on Instagram and The Seahawk on Facebook and Twitter. From The Seahawk, this has been Sea Talk. Have a good week.